This is day 22 of our daily Bible reading. We will be reading Leviticus chapters 16 through 20 today. Lord, thank you very much for this time. Just recognize, Lord, that we are sinners. We are so unclean, Lord. Our best that we can offer you are nothing but filthy rags. And yet, by your grace and your love, you have cleansed us from all unrighteousness. You have freely forgiven us, Lord. Thank you so much for this gift and your mercy continuously through our lives. Please bless the reading of your word today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they had approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he shall not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil, before the mercy seat which is on the ark, or he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. Aaron shall enter the holy place with this, with the bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen tunic, and the linen undergarments shall be next to his body, and he shall be girded with the linen sash and attired with the linen turban. These are holy garments. Then he shall bathe his body in water and put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the sons of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Then Aaron shall offer the bull for the sin offering, which is for himself, that he may make atonement for himself and for his household. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Then Aaron shall offer the goat on which the lot for the Lord fell and make it a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot for the scapegoat fell shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it, to send it into the wilderness as the scapegoat. Then Aaron shall offer the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his household. And he shall slaughter the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself. He shall take a fire pan full of coals of fire from upon the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of finely ground sweet incense, and bring it inside the veil. He shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the ark of the testimony. Otherwise, he will die. Moreover, he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. Also in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. He shall make atonement for the holy place because of the impurities of the sons of Israel and because of their transgressions in regard to all their sins, 
and thus he shall do for the tent of meeting which abides with them in the midst of their impurities. When he goes in to make atonement in the holy place, no one shall be in the tent of meeting until he comes out, that he may make atonement for himself and for his household and for the assemblies of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull and of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar on all sides. With his finger he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it seven times and cleanse it, and from the impurities of the sons of Israel consecrate it. When he finishes atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall offer the live goat. Then Aaron shall lace both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel and all their transgressions in regard to all their sins. He shall lay them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands in readiness. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to a solitary land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. Then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. He shall bathe his body with water in a holy place, and put on his clothes, and come forth and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people, and make atonement for himself and for the people. Then he shall offer up in smoke the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The one who released the goat as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his body with water. Then afterward he shall come into the camp. But the bull of the sin offering and the goat of the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be taken outside the camp, and they shall burn their hides, their flesh, and their refuse in the fire. Then the one who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body with water. Then afterward he shall come into the camp. This shall be a permanent statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall humble your souls and not do any work, whether the native or the alien who sojourns among you. For it is on this day that atonement shall be made for you to cleanse you. You will be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is to be a Sabbath of solemn rest for you that you may humble your souls. It is a permanent statue. So the priest who is anointed and ordained to serve as priest in his father's place shall make atonement. He shall thus put on the linen garments, the holy garments, and make atonement for the holy sanctuary. And he shall make atonement for the tent of meeting and for the altar. He shall also make atonement for the priests and for the people of the assembly. Now you shall have this as a permanent statute, to make atonement for the sons of Israel for all their sins once every year. And just as the Lord had commanded Moses, 
So he did. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel, and say to them, This is what the Lord has commanded, saying, Any man from the house of Israel who slaughters an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp, or who slaughters it outside the camp, and has not brought it to the doorway of the tent of meeting to present it as an offering to the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, blood guiltiness is to be reckoned to that man. He has shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people. The reason is so that the sons of Israel may bring their sacrifices, which they were sacrificing in the open field, that they may bring them in to the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting to the priest, and sacrifice them as sacrifices of peace offerings to the Lord. The priest shall sprinkle the blood on the altar of the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting, and offer up the fat in smoke as a soothing aroma to the Lord. They shall no longer sacrifice their sacrifices to the goat demons with which they play the harlot. This shall be a permanent statute to them throughout their generations. Then you shall say to them, Any man from the house of Israel, or from the aliens who sojourn among you, who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice, and does not bring it to the doorway of the tent of meeting to offer it to the Lord, that man also shall be cut off from his people. And any man from the house of Israel, or from the aliens who sojourn among them, who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood, and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. It is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. Therefore I said to the sons of Israel, No person among you may eat blood, nor may any alien who sojourns among you eat blood. So when any man from the sons of Israel, or from the aliens who sojourn among them, in hunting catches a beast or a bird which may be eaten, he shall pour out its blood and cover it with earth. For as for the life of all flesh, its blood is identified with its life. Therefore I said to the sons of Israel, You are not to eat the blood of any flesh, for the life of all flesh is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. When any person eats an animal which dies or is torn by beasts, whether he is a native or an alien, he shall wash his clothes and bathe in water, and remain unclean until evening. Then he will become clean. But if he does not wash them or bathe his body, then he shall bear his guilt. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do what is done in the land of Egypt where you lived, nor are you to do what is done in the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. 
You are to perform my judgments and keep my statutes, to live in accord with them. I am the Lord your God. So you shall keep my statutes and my judgments, by which a man may live if he does them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach any blood relative of his to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, that is, the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You are not to uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. The nakedness of your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether born at home or born outside. Their nakedness you shall not uncover. The nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness you shall not uncover, for their nakedness is yours. The nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, born to your father, she is your sister. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's blood relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's blood relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and of her daughter, nor shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are blood relatives. It is lewdness. You shall not marry a woman in addition to her sister as a rival while she is alive to uncover her nakedness. Also, you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness during her menstrual impurity. You shall not have intercourse with your neighbor's wife to be defiled with her. You shall not give any of your offspring to offer them to Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. Also, you shall not have intercourse with any animal to be defiled with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. Do not defile yourselves by any of these things, for by all these the nations which I am casting out before you have become defiled. For the land has become defiled, therefore I have brought its punishment upon it. So the land has spewed out its inhabitants. But as for you, you are to keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not do any of these abominations, neither the relative, nor the native, nor the alien who sojourns among you. For the men of the land who have been before you have done all these abominations, and the land has become defiled so that the land will not spew you out, should you defile it, 
as it has spewed out the nation which has been before you. For whoever does any of these abominations, those persons who do so shall be cut off from among their people. Thus you are to keep my charge, that you do not practice any of the abominable customs which have been practiced before you, so as to not defile yourselves with them. I am the Lord your God. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols, or make for yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Now when you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it, and the next day, but what remains until the third day shall be burned with fire. So if it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an offense. It will not be accepted. Everyone who eats it will bear his iniquity for he has profaned the holy thing of the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from his people. Now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. You shall not do injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but you shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You are to keep my statutes. You shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor wear a garment upon you of two kinds of material mixed together. Now if a man lies carnally with a woman who is a slave acquired for another man, 
but who has in no way been redeemed nor given her freedom. There shall be punishment. They shall not, however, be put to death, because she was not free. He shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord to the doorway of the tent of meeting, a ram for a guilt offering. The priest shall also make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering before the Lord for his sin which he has committed, and the sin which he has committed will be forgiven him. When you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden. Three years it shall be forbidden to you, it shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year all its fruit shall be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. In the fifth year you are to eat of its fruit, that its yield may increase for you. I am the Lord your God. You shall not eat anything with the blood, nor practice divination or soothsaying. You shall not round off the side growth of your heads, nor harm the edges of your beard. You shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not profane your daughter by making her a harlot, so that the land will not fall to harlotry, and the land become full of lewdness. You shall keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. When a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You shall not do wrong in judgment, in measurement of weight or capacity. You shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hin. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt. You shall thus observe all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man from the sons of Israel, or from the aliens sojourning in Israel, who gives any of his offspring to Molech, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will also set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people, because he has given some of his offspring to Molech, so as to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. If the people of the land, however, should ever disregard that man, when he gives any of his offspring to Molech, so as not to put him to death, then I myself will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut off from among their people 
both him and all those who play the harlot after him by playing the harlot after Molech. As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. You shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. If there is anyone who curses his father or his mother, he shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood guiltiness is upon him. If there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. If there is a man who lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon him. If there is a man who lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed incest. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who lies with a male, as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who marries a woman and her mother, it is immorality. Both he and they shall be burned with fire, so that there will be no immorality in your midst. If there is a man who lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death. He shall also kill the animal. If there is a woman who approaches any animal to mate with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, so that he sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace, and they shall be cut off in the sight of the sons of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He bears his guilt. If there is a man who lies with a menstruous woman and uncovers her nakedness, he has laid bare her flow, and she has exposed the flow of her blood. Thus both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall also not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister or of your father's sister. For such a one has made naked his blood relative. They will bear their guilt. If there is a man who lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They will bear their sin. They will die childless. If there is a man who takes his brother's wife, it is abhorrent. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They will be childless. You are therefore to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them, so that the land to which I am bringing you to live will not spew you out. Moreover, 
you shall not follow the customs of the nation which I will drive out before you. For they did all these things, and therefore I have abhorred them. Hence I have said to you, you are to possess their land, and I myself will give it to you to possess it, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. You are therefore to make a distinction between the clean animal and the unclean, and between the unclean bird and the clean, and you shall not make for yourselves detestable by animal or by bird or by anything that crawls on the ground, which I have separated for you as unclean. Thus you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy. And I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. Now a man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritist shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. At the time I record this, this is a day after something very historical and in God's favor has happened in America. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of overturning Roe versus Wade, which is huge. And we need to give God all the glory for him doing this. Basically, if you don't know what this is, especially for the international audience out there, this basically, um, Roe versus Wade was a decision about almost 60 years ago that legalized abortion, the killing of unborn children. And in the Bible, we see in today's reading that at the very beginning here, we see a character named Molech. Molech was a god that was a demonic idol where they would offer children or infants to the idol as a sacrifice. And it usually was by burning. Hideous, especially as being a dad myself. The, the very idea of that is hideous and is deeply evil. And we see here that anyone who does anything with Molech um, shall surely die. And I thought that was very interesting because there are so many people right now that are for abortion, for the killing and murdering of unborn children. And I'll just say a name, for example, Nancy Pelosi. She claims to be a devout Catholic, and yet she does all these things that are contrary to what her religion is. And she went up on stage when they announced the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and she said, I would love to say it's good morning, but it's not, because we cannot practice abortion anymore. It's such a shame, right? To see not only how dark and demon-possessed she is, but that it's bad to murder unborn children. And this is exactly why, as we go through this, you're going to see that there are many things that are going on in today's world that should not be happening. And they are God's holy standards that have never changed. So surely 
Molech, anything sacrificed to Molech, which abortion is one of them, is hideous, and it, God hates that stuff. Next we see people who turn to spiritists or mediums. In today's world, we'd call those fortune tellers or tarot card readers or palm readers or the ones that believe in astrology, you know, zodiac signs and horoscopes. All of those things are evil. They are demonic. And they should not be numbered among us. There is no such thing as a Christian seance, conversing with the dead, or quite frankly, there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about praying for the dead. Because once you die, your fate is sealed. You're going either up or you're going down. Now, the Catholic Church will tell you different, but their belief system on praying for the dead comes from Apocrypha. It comes from something that is outside of the Bible. And it's only mentioned in the book of the Maccabees. Doesn't make it inspired by God. They did that, and they were wrong in doing that. And no, you cannot pray for the dead. There's nowhere in the Bible that says there's a purgatory. And so it's either you go to heaven or you go to hell. So there is no in-between. There's nothing to pray for. If somebody dies, they're gone. And they're going one of two places. So praying for them will do absolutely nothing. I'm sorry. This is, if you learn anything about me, I just, I'm going to tell you just how it is without mincing words. Adultery is obviously a very big deal in the world of adult entertainment, to keep it family-friendly. There's a lot of that going on where it's okay to do inappropriate things with your stepdaughter, with your stepmom. You know, it's pretty gross. And so anything that is outside of, let's just make it very clear, anything, anything at all, that is outside of a man and a woman who are married in the bedroom, that's the only place it's acceptable. Everything else is sin. If you're taking care of it by yourself, if you know what I mean, if you're with somebody else, in a relative, you know, all those things are totally wrong. The world is trying to convince you today that it's okay and that it's fun or it's 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 risky and dangerous and exciting it's not it's sin so now why does god have these particular rules for us he tells us right here halfway through chapter 20 you are to keep all my statutes and my ordinances and do them why so that the land to which i am bringing you to live will not spew you out moreover you shall not follow the customs of these nations which I will drive out before you, because they did these things, and therefore I have abhorred them. I have hated them for what they did. He does not want Israel to be on his radar for being hated. He does not want his representative covenant people to be like all these other pagan, sinful, evil nations. He wants them to be pure and holy, just like he is. That's why many times, and just a few verses down, he says that 
I am making a distinction to you with these people. I want you to be distinct. Not only that, but I want you to know the difference between what is clean and what is unclean. What is right and wrong. That's the whole point of this law. So that we know what God likes, what God does not like. We obey what he likes, and we we stay away from the things he doesn't like. That's why he has given us his law. He wants us to be, like he says, he wants us to be holy like he is. We are supposed to be holy, for he is holy. So there should be no bad sexual relationships. There should be no worshiping of Molech, offering sacrifices to Molech. Now, what's also very interesting here is in chapter 17, we are going to talk about bloodletting. Okay, God makes it very clear how life is allowed to exist. And this is, again, another scientific fact. He said it over 3,000 years ago. And it wasn't until the late 19th century that we found out that what the Bible said was true all along. The life of all flesh is in the blood. That's why we don't drink blood, right? That's why we don't eat blood. That's why blood is sacred to the Lord, because he told us from the beginning, as our creator, that the life is in the blood. And yet we tried to figure it out on our own, not listening to God, and we ended up finding out, but it took almost 3,000 years. So God knew what he was doing all along. Now let's spend the remaining time that we have here in chapter 19. A lot of this is a retelling of the original laws that God has already explained to Israel, but some of it is an expansion of the understanding of the law, the explanation of it, as well as I want to point out a few that are not only very important to remember, but also we're going to see them necessary in future stories in the Bible. So, for example, we have this one here in in verse 9, where it says that when you reap the harvest, do not reap the corners of the field, nor should you glean anything that has fallen to the ground. Why? Because it it will be for the needy and for the stranger. Who benefited from that? If you've read the Bible before, who else has benefited from this? Ruth. Ruth benefited from this because... She was a widow. She was trying to get grain for her and her mother-in-law. And she did this very thing. She went to the field of Boaz and went into the corners, gleaned from that, gleaned from whatever fell down. And she was able to um, survive off of that. And I think in a lot of ways that would help the homeless issue that we have around the world if we were to do this in a selfless, you know, fair way. Because, I mean, if God is going to make a law about something, then we have to understand that it is good and it is perfect, right? So, obviously, he knows what he's doing, and we don't. That's why today, they don't follow this practice. They don't reap everything except the corners. They especially get the corners because it's all about money right now. And that's not the motivation 
that of God. It's about money. It's about taking care of his own holiness as well as those that are in need. And you see that beauty in, in this law. And there's something you really need to understand about all of these laws. While some people see it in a very immature way, maturity will teach that these laws were put into place by God because he loves us. Otherwise, if we start saying, well, he just has so many rules, he is just unfair, nobody's expected to keep all this, it's too much. You know, if we start acting like God is some sort of, you know, really overbearing taskmaster, then we're, we're looking at it the wrong way. All of these things he does in this law for the benefit of the people, not only for to be glorified in, in what he's doing, but also it's for their benefit. You know, the medical issues that we can address through the law, the spiritual issues that are constantly talked about, he wants us to be holy like him. And who better to satisfy than the Lord of the universe, the one who made us? He wants, you want to know who I am? You follow my law. And if you obey my law, you will see glimpses of me in the law. And you will come to understand and know me better. If he loves us, and that's why he does it. This is the same God that's in the New Testament. There are so many people out there that say that, well, the God of the Old Testament was just a harsh, overbearing, you know, destructive God, just committing genocide. But then the New Testament God is peaceful and gentle and sweet and in the person of Jesus Christ. And certainly he is those things. But this is the same God. And he is harder on these people because he holds them to a higher standard. Just like God holds us to a higher standard in the New Testament. In fact, we say Jesus was so gentle and sweet. He is. But when he confronted people who were in sin, he was not gentle. He told it to him exactly as it was. So we can paint a picture all we want about a difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, but it's the same God. You can see it because if you read between the lines on these laws, you see the love that he has for us. And it's the same love that sent his son to die for us. The son that was the son that was promised from the Garden of Eden. This was always the plan. And this is the same God who made it so. So don't ever think that this is two different people, or God is a different God, or it's a he just changed his mind and he deals with us differently now. No, it's the same God, and he never changes. Again, uh, verse 11 talks about stealing, uh, not lying to each other, but it also says, don't swear falsely by my name or profane my name. I still have a big problem with people who do not use the Lord's name properly. It should not be in our language at all. Then we have here in verse 18, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but... 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we know this, that Jesus is going to designate this part as the second greatest commandment in the Bible. As we should. Because how we treat ourselves is how we should treat others. And whether we agree or not, the reality is we treat ourselves very well. We are very kind to ourselves. We're considerate to ourselves. We make sure we get the best of everything. We make sure we're properly fed. We're properly entertained. We get everything that we need, and we're going to fight for whatever we got to do to get it. But do we feel that way about other people? Are we interested in their success, in their hunger, in their spiritual cleanliness? Do we consider other people? Outside of ourselves, outside of our families? And that should be a challenge for us. We should love our neighbors as ourselves. That's not easy to do, granted. But it is what we are commanded to do. And Christ has expanded and made it clear that it is the second greatest commandment. I thought this was very interesting, how it says that when you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden for three years. But then on the fourth year, everything is holy. Then you would use the fourth year as an offering of praise. And then the fifth year, you can eat of its fruit and then onward. I I really don't know why it's in here. I don't really know why he has that as a standard because I haven't, there's really no um, commentary on it as well as I don't, beside, I don't know if that's just a, a unique thing that was for the people going into Canaan or if that's something we should be practicing today. I'm not really sure, to be honest. But then you go over to verses 26 and 27. You shall not eat anything with the blood, right? We already ex explained that one. Then we have, do not practice divination or soothsaying. Again, the horoscopes, the fortune telling, all that is all demonic. And I think I may have already explained this before, but just as a reminder, demons do not have the ability to tell the future. They have been around a very long time. They have memorized and have made good guesses and estimations of how humans will respond to certain things and they purposely make these things vague so that there's a much more likely chance that they'll be successful in their estimation so demons cannot tell the future they're guessing or they just identify trends and patterns in human behavior and they go with that. But the only one that can tell the future for certainty is God. Because he is the only one that is outside of time and space. Stay away from those things. It does say here that on verse 28 that you should not make any cuts on your body for the dead. Um, not really sure what that's about. I know people cut themselves when they're depressed or suicidal. And I hope that's not what it's referring to here. But it does say also that tattoos are not supposed to be done. We're not supposed to tattoo ourselves. Now, I mean, nowadays it's more accepted, I guess. And we are free from the law in many ways. But again, the law is good for us. 
So, not that we're supposed to hate people with tattoos, but personally, I don't have any tattoos. I have no interest in it, but let's not make that a ground for contention between neighbor and neighbor, especially at church. There are some people that got tattoos before they were converted, and some even after, but that should not be a reason to hate each other. You need to respond to your own convictions on that. The Lord will guide you in that. Now, we were talking about mediums and spiritists, right? In verse 31, do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. That also is going to happen soon. When we go to Second Samuel and we see what happened with King Saul, that's exactly what he did. He was against the Philistines. He abandoned the Lord, and he went and sought the the spiritist at Endor. Not the Star Wars Endor, but a different Endor. That's exactly what he did. He sought the spiritist. He was defiled by them. He was already defiled. That's why the Holy Spirit left him and was no longer chosen to be king because of his sinful nature. He did seek out this spiritist, this medium. And God even used that. I love that story. It's a beautiful story of how God can use evil for good. And it'll be very interesting to read when we get there. And lastly, verses 33 and 34, when a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as a native, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. doesn't matter where we come from what color we are, what nationality we are, what background we have, all humanity should be treated with respect and fairness. The nation's current obsession with racism and sexism and transgenderism and all the isms out there of hate should not be numbered among us. There should be no prejudices or discriminations of any kind as a Christian. Because there is only one race, and that's the human race. I know that's overused, and a lot of people, I'm not the first one to say it. But it's, from God's viewpoint, that's exactly what it is. We are one race. And God wants us to treat each other with love. Because we are all aliens. And even today, if we want to be technical, as Christians, we are aliens as well. Because we are no longer the world of Satan. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So everywhere we go, we are sojourners. We are aliens. Just don't forget that. And I think that's going to do it for today. We're going to go into some more expansions of the law as we uh, continue on the book of Leviticus. But uh, we only have a couple more days in Leviticus, and then we will be entering into the book of Numbers. So one full day of Leviticus tomorrow. We will be finishing the last two chapters of Leviticus, and then we'll be entering into the book of Numbers in two days. Until then, I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, and God bless you.